0: From KOSU, this is Songwriters and Tour Writers, the podcast covering the songwriters and musicians that call Oklahoma home and those that might just be passing through. I'm Matthew Viriapa. On this episode is folk duo Companion. Companion released their debut album, Second Day of Spring, in May earlier this year, but they aren't new at all to the Oklahoma music scene. Companion is made up of identical twins, Joe and Sophia Babb, who were raised in Oklahoma and have been performing together since they were at least 15 years old. In Oklahoma, they performed primarily under the name The Annie Oakley. But after moving to Colorado, they felt ready for a fresh start musically. The title track, Second Day of Spring, draws from a feeling they both had to start anew. In a new place, they were surrounded with new people and the natural scenery of Colorado, In this episode, hear them talk about drawing inspiration from their new surroundings and friends, changing their name, and their process of writing songs together.
1: I'm Sophia and, and I'm Joe, your companion. We're in Fort Collins, Colorado.
0: Since no one can see Halt right now, you guys are twins. Was making music, especially together, just a natural fit?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I think Sophie started playing guitar when she was 12 and I started right after. I was like, oh, she can't be the only one playing guitar. So natural fit, but also a little bit fueled by... <laughs> natural competition between siblings. When we learned to sing harmony, our harmonies just fit so well. We realized we had something pretty special.
0: A lot of people would probably be familiar with your band, the Annie Oakley. Why did you guys, I guess, decide to retire the band, the name?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, especially for our Oklahoma listeners who are used to that name. Um, we started that band when we were 15, So we were pretty young. We were so new to music and I was really enamored with the Wild West and feminism. And of course I still am, but um, it was really just a huge part of my life at that point of just the strong female, like Western figure that was Annie Oakley. I loved her. That's kind of where the band came from. And we had more of a um, country or more of Americana sound we we're super inspired by um, bluegrass artists
2: what would I be if I didn't have you a half of a potion that casts no good spell a bicycle ride in the dark with no light to flesh and to show with a pomp and swell.
1: And over the years, our sound changed and we grew as people and we ended up, you know, leaving Oklahoma and moving to Colorado. And we felt like it was time for a fresh chapter, especially because when you start a band when you're 15 years old, it's nothing like what your sound is when you turn 20 or 25, which we just turned 25 this year. So it's been 10 years. And so we wanted some more room for growth um, with a new name.
0: This album that you released as Companion was going to be an Annie Oakley uh, album before, right?
1: Yeah, we were in the pandemic recording it and you know we still had the name Annie Oakley. And for a long time, we wanted to um, change our name, but we didn't know if that would be a good decision or a bad one. And um, we had this record. And so with this new record, it had a bit of a different sound. It was just Joe and I. Um, instead of having too much of a band on it, we decided that was the best time to change our name and introduce ourselves to uh, the world as a, as a new start, as a new band, as a companion.
0: As you guys have made that leap into a new project, how do you think things have changed like in terms of your sound? Uh, when you were still preparing that album as like the Annie Oakley, was there anything that really shifted as you made it a companion album?
1: Um, I wouldn't say anything really shifted because Companion and, and Annie Oakley aren't like ridiculously different. But I think it was just the place and time we were in um, was different, and so it made sense to release it under a new name. Um, but nothing like inherently uh, changed about the record. Well, I would probably say that if you li- <laughs> if you listen to our Annie Oakley records versus our companion there's a lot more maturity that we brought um there's a lot more like I would say a lot more tastefulness and the the decisions we made about which sounds to include and how much uh, their instrumentation to add into it also I think the songwriting definitely is more mature I think every songwriter though looks at their early stuff and it and is a little uncomfortable with it but um it's not a huge change we're the same people that we were in Annie Oakley but this it's definitely feels like something I'm really, really proud of, and that can be a little bit more timeless than maybe something we recorded when we were, you know, 17.
0: There were a few songs that I recognized. Like, If I Were a Ghost was a song you had recorded before as the Annie Oakley. Why did you decide to include it again on this album?
1: I felt like that song just wasn't... Um, given the space it needed to be given. With the record that we recorded as Annie Oakley, I think the recording was good, and there's plenty of people who, who still really love that version of it.
2: If I were eight, ghost in this house I'd see all of your pictures hung up I'd walk through the hallways that
1: I used to love. But when we moved to Colorado and we were deciding on the name change and wanting to still step into this new world as companion, we felt like that song needed to come with us. If you listen to the song, it's very personal, it's very it's a heavy song. Uh, it's about grief and loss. And we weren't ready to let it go at that point. We wanted to bring that song with us and decided to, you know, make a new version and introduce it in a slightly different way than it was presented in the past. If
2: I were a ghost in this house I'd see all of your pictures hung up I'd walk the hallways that I used to love, i see all your new pictures
1: Yeah, that song was inspired by um, the loss of our father and our mother's um, grief through that experience. I think Sophie wrote that song. Yeah. I wrote If I Were a Ghost when I was going through a breakup and I had just this feeling of sadness that, of course, though the breakup, I was the person who had broken up with this person. So it was a little bit different than if I had been broken up with. But I still had this this feeling of sadness. And then I, I realized while well, like sitting in the sadness that it was very minuscule compared to like the sadness that could be when you really really love someone for years and years and you're married to them and they're the father of your children. I'd give my body- mom at that time, of course, was still experiencing uh, a ton of grief. It had been, I think, at least four or five years at that point, but she was still in the throes of it. So I was trying to find some compassion or empathy. And I found it, you know, through my own tiny little teenager heartbreak sadness, I feel like it was the most emotional recording we did during that, that recording session. I remember really trying to put my all into it in terms of where I was at when I wrote the song in terms of bringing back and remembering the feelings that you know we went through as a family and and as watching my mom go through the grief that she experienced I felt like it ended up being pretty magical once we added on the strings to the end which was a new um, feature of the song compared to the the original recording Um, it just felt like it was wrapped up so well and we gave it Uh, what it deserved. So yeah, it was, it was emotional, but we had Courtney Hartman. She's the most wonderful woman on earth. She was our producer and engineer for the entire record. And she's the type of person that you want to sit with when you're experiencing something heavy because she's able to just hold it so well. So she was there the whole time and guiding us through it.
0: I heard that it was the oldest song that you guys, uh, at least on this album, uh, had written.
1: Yeah, I think... Actually, uh, I mean, it is definitely one of the older ones, but I actually think Second Day of Spring is the oldest one. Is that right, Joe? Yeah, it's kind of ironic <laughs> if that's the name. But I wrote Second Day of Spring in 2016. I think if I were a ghost, it was written 2017. I have no idea. That song I wrote in 2016, and we've played it for years, and we just never recorded it. And when we were putting a song list together for this album, we are like, why don't we just record that one, too? It's been a classic in our set list for so long. Um, and then it somehow became the title uh, track, um, which is interesting to me, because somehow my we've ended up with one of my songs being the title track um, for all of our records in the past. Um, so once again, <laughs> it happened that way.
0: Totally not on purpose.
1: Yeah, it wasn't my my sole decision. So
0: <laughs> What what was it about the song that like like what made it a good title for the album?
1: I think to us, the the phrase the second day of spring, um, just invoked like a feeling of oncoming change. The coming of spring is always such an exciting time. It can also be a melancholy time. And then just thinking about, like, well, it's the second day of spring. Like, it's already, well, it's already here. Like, I'm already in the change. It's the second day of
2: spring And there's seasons behind me I don't feel any different Though there's someone new beside me And the sun kisses my skin Gently ever burn
1: that song is just about leaving behind a relationship that no longer served me and I've found that theme in so many different areas of life just leaving behind what doesn't serve me. I think Sophie and I both connected to that idea for the the title of this record just like starting new.
2: These things are I cut my fingers on the edges every day and I know that you love me and know you
0: I guess just broadly, um, what were you guys listening to? Uh, Were there any specific influences that you kind of drew on?
1: For me, and I think probably for Joe too, I definitely was listening to Big Thief and Adrian Linker and a lot of the Paper Kites. I'm still listening to them to this day. That's kind of what makes up what I listen to. But they were really big inspirations into this record. I think Adrian Linker is my all-time favorite songwriter one of them so there was plenty of inspiration from her and Big Thief that went into at least the writing of the lyrics of this record
0: any for you Joe?
1: yeah it was actually the exact same for me yeah and I will I can definitively say that Adrian Linker is my number one favorite songwriter
0: what's a a favorite song
1: Um, my favorite song right now is The Only Place off Big Thief's new record Um, and that's one um, she plays and sings alone. It's really beautiful. I tried to learn the guitar part and got immediately shut down. <laughs> It'll take about five <laughs> years of guitar playing for me to get that.
2: <laughs> what if all the worlds in space would melt into one single place and intertwine the human race with other kinds?
0: You guys were on tour this summer with uh Tori Amos. What was that like?
1: It was a whirlwind. It was wild. It was the first national tour, that's for sure, and the first tour of that production size. So we learned a lot.
2: Knowing this may might-
1: I think it was probably the hardest thing one of the hardest things i've ever done while also being one of the the most wild experiences and i'm i'm very grateful for it i'm so grateful that we had it it's very eye-opening in so many ways
0: you guys have very different ways of songwriting um have you felt like any changes between the two of you especially in these like last couple years
1: oh yeah i mean in terms of our songwriting i think we have a pretty similar approach um like overall but i know joe often starts with the instrumentation she is a whiz at guitar she is so so good at guitar she Though I started playing guitar, she definitely way out past me or surpassed me in terms of her ability. Um, so oftentimes she'll write these really intricate guitar parts and that'll inform her songwriting. Whereas for me, um, I think I might start with lyrics first a little bit more. But um, overall, in terms of the changes we've experienced the past couple of years, I think we've embraced writing a load more. Um, there's been way more instances of us writing a song alone and bringing it to the other than there ever was in the past. I think in the past we wrote songs together uh, more frequently.
0: Yeah, do you guys mind uh, kind of just sharing the process on one of these songs? Like how one of you would bring a song to the other and I guess collaborate together on it?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think a good example is um, I can speak for my song Forfeit. I wrote the whole thing. It was the pandemic. I was alone, isolated, and I wrote the whole thing on my own. And I thought, you know, this needs, this needs something. Um, and usually that something is just Sophie's presence on the song. And then the melody was completely shifted to allow for harmony. And so while the integral parts of the song were not changed, the melody took some different directions based on her uh, harmony contributions. Singing
2: as the door.
1: next door to someone I had been going to this group music class with in February right before things shut down Um, and so he and I were each other's like bubble (laughs) and we would go on walks pretty much every day and talk for hours and he became just such a dear close friend of mine Um, so I wrote that song for him it's definitely a message I'd love all my friends to feel there's a line basically just saying like i um would never let you feel ashamed and i think that's at the core of what i look for in friendship and what i try to give is just like this beautiful welcoming space where you can say anything you can be who you are and feel accepted i never And that's just how we live here in Colorado. We live with a bunch of our friends. Sophie and I live right next door to each other. My partner lives with her. I live with my younger sister and her partner. Uh, It's just like a big group sort of housing (laughs) situation. It's kind of like a commune, but not weird.
0: (laughs) Now that sounds wonderful.
1: Um, When it comes to lyrics, I don't know if Sophie, you have a song in mind that we changed the words to together. Yeah, I think there's so many times where we adjust the words based on like oh maybe that would sound better there or it's a small adjustment. I think that kind of happens like this natural editing process between us. It kind of happens with every song that we work on together. I think Arms Length. That was one where you offered some insight into like the second verse. Like I had been singing it a certain way for so long and you Suggested that there would be a better way to say what I was already saying. From a would
2: it be
1: So I think the second verse is talking about like wearing armor from a different past um, and like learning to trust again and you I'm pretty sure that was the one that I was like oh finally it makes sense like she offered just the perfect uh, resolution and the way that the, the second verse was saying. Love to just mention briefly we have a music video coming out in just a few weeks for it and I wanted to mention that Samantha Crane uh, produced and directed it. she is fantastic. she I mean, you know has been one of our inspirations for so long and so getting to both have a music video with her and then have um, a show with her we're just so excited and that's gonna be such a lovely way to to come home to Oklahoma so Uh, But yeah, that music video will be out in a few weeks and um, has some Oklahoma touches in it.
0: You guys are opening up for uh, Samantha Crane at Tower Theater. And Tower Theater and the street that it's on has kind of made its way onto this album.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have a song called 23rd Street that's about that exact street that the tower's on. We have a music video for that song that was filmed on 23rd Street. I think it was filmed on Christmas Day of 2020 <laughs> it's our little ode to 23rd street
2: joe and me are sitting at the bank on 23rd street everything's exactly the same but i'm a new me pick up the wind take up my words and let it settle down again i don't know how if someone now is listening
0: What was it about 23rd Street that kind of inspired a a whole song?
1: Well, Joe and I had been at college at Oklahoma City University. We are finishing up our last two years there. And we spent a lot of time on 23rd Street. That was just where everything that we were interested in was happening in the city. We got to spend about six months living right off of 23rd Street. And then Joe lived there for almost a year. And so we just spent a lot of time there, made so many memories. And as we were moving to Colorado, actually right before we were moving to Colorado, I just had this feeling, like, I'll never come back to Oklahoma and experience this place as I'm experiencing now. it now. Like I will never be the same person that I am at this moment. And anytime I come back to 23rd Street, it just will never be the exact same. And so right before I left, I started writing that song and then Joe helped finish it up. And that was our, like Joe said, it's our ode. It's our our thank and our, our gratitude to 23rd Street and how it kind of raised us.
0: You know, I tried to Google Maps, like the bank that <laughs> you guys sing about. And I was like, I don't, all I see are a bunch of crypto ATMs and a payday loan looking place. I wasn't sure <laughs> what bank it was.
1: Oh, it was, if you want to go to the bank that we were at, <laughs> it's the Tinker Federal Credit Union on 23rd Street. It's a little it's bit further down. down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like past the state capital.
0: Oh okay, yeah. I was I was like centered around like Tower Theater, and I just kept going around like a couple blocks from there.
1: (laughs) No, we were. I mean, we were literally just sitting in the parking lot at Tinker, and we were just having a great time. I think we were laughing. Um, I think it was a good time, at least in that that period of life where we were just really enjoying each other and spending time together. I had come back from studying in Germany for a while and. I was about to leave. I was going to leave to Colorado and Joe at that time didn't have plans to join. So that yeah, we were at the, at the bank and then we wrote the song.
0: (laughs) Was there a period then where it was kind of uncertain if you guys were going to, you know, continue being together, like at least geographically?
1: Oh yeah. I didn't really have a reason to leave Oklahoma at the time that she moved to Colorado. I had started my own band called Spinster. We were putting out our own record and playing shows every weekend, um, and we felt some momentum. So I was like, I can't leave this behind. Um, we can always meet up for for shows in the future. giving up or anything we just we're we're accepting that we probably have to coordinate our shows a little bit more <laughs> together in the future
0: where was most of this album written was most of this after you guys had moved to colorado
1: um it depends on the song i'd say um, i want to say half but i'm not sure if that's true We're written before we moved to colorado and were written over the years um since 2018 that's when we had last recorded um a project but um i think the other half was written in colorado
0: from the songs to the art and like uh, some of the music videos it looks like a lot of this album was kind of inspired by nature um and it sounds like you moving to colorado really prompted that
1: yeah I would say that that's pretty true I, I mean i've spent more time in nature in the past three years since moving here than i probably have convinced in in my life i mean that's not true i think actually joe and i've always been pretty inspired by nature when we were growing up um, we lived on eight acres of land um in south norman you've heard me so badly you've healed me so sweet and we spent so much time in the woods, we were homeschooled. And I think we've always just been so inspired and awe of, of the world's natural beauty. And so moving here, we've gotten to just you know, soak it all up, and we tried to put all of that as much as we could into the record. Especially because when we recorded the record, we were in a, a barn that overlooked the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. It's really hard not to incorporate some of that beauty when you're literally looking out into a beautiful, gorgeous view while you're making the music. The new born
2: of spring. the powder of
0: Halfway through the album, there was kind of a turning point. Was that like an intentional like change of tone that you guys wanted for from the first half of the album to the second half?
1: Yeah, it was kind of incorporated when we were deciding the track list. But I think we also just wanted the track list to feel balanced. If you go through the record, so how could I've known as the start to the record? I think it sets the tone of kind of this of how is this possible? How is this happening? How did I get here to where I am? So how can
3: I
2: have none? How can I have none? How can I have
1: The rest of the record um, walks you through kind of our past, actually. And then as we get to the end of the record, the last three songs are very much about looking forward to the future and thinking about, you know, where we'll be. So it kind of is like a retrospective, nostalgic, very melancholy album throughout. Um, But it kind of does tell a story about, okay, here's where we are, here's where we've been and here's where we're going.
2: The sudden wind that brings you will be the wind that takes you. The same fate that brought you will be the
0: Were those last three songs written um, more recently than, say, the
1: the others? Then you would think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, "Newborn of Springtime" that one was written a long time ago, I think. The, mm-hmm. "Sunday Morning" is an instrumental. I don't. I mean, I that is a song on it, but it's like a minute long. Um, and then "Waiting for You," the last track, that was the newest song we added. Like probably written just like. Two weeks before we started recording.
2: I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you all, all
1: this time.
0: And remind me again, when was it that you uh guys had recorded the album?
1: Uh July of twenty twenty.
0: So why wait until I guess uh just this last May to kind of put it out?
1: Well, we there were a lot of unexpected, wonderful things that happened that led us to where we where we are now and how we released the record. So we originally planned we recorded it in twenty twenty. I had planned to release it in the very beginning of twenty twenty one, and we were going to just self release it. And at that point, uh, I just started reaching out to some friends and who are a lot more experienced than I was at that time in the music industry and um, might have some advice to offer on how to actually release a record and do it well, give it the, you know, attention it deserves. And I had a friend who told me to just email anyone and everyone I could possibly want to work with, make a list of all my favorite artists and then reach out to them and then also their teams and see Uh, if anyone had any advice for me on how to release this record. And at that point, we totally assumed we were going to release it ourselves. We just wanted to reach out for advice to people we admired. Um, And so we did, we, I started reaching out to people, just started emailing folks too. And we ended up um, emailing one of our favorite artists of all times manager. And they ended up speaking to us and offering some really great advice, but not only that they were really interested in the record. I've been waiting
2: for you, I've been waiting for you
3: this time,
1: and so they said you know, maybe we should put it on pause when we figure out this project and the best way to release it. Because at that point I was talking to them and it was the album was slated to be released like four weeks later. <laughs> we just decided, let's put a pause. Let's really hold on. Let's make sure we give this a really good push and release. And so we delayed it a full year, almost a year and a half. I don't regret doing that because it really was such a learning experience. And I think we really did give it the release that it deserved. So it, it was a delay that's for sure but I think it all worked out in the end. Like the
3: light that off the river
2: like the bloom that the winter Like the fruit...
1: You can follow along with us at companion the band on Instagram we also are on Twitter. We don't really use it that much though. and then um, look out for our music video coming out in a few weeks too for our song Arms link. I've
2: been waiting for you I've been waiting for.
0: You, you can find those links for companion at Ksu.org. There you can also find a list of the songs that were played in this episode. Songwriters and Tour Writers is a production of KOSU in the service of Oklahoma State University. Our editor is Ryan McCroy, and our cover art was created by Terry Ferris. Thanks for listening. I'm Matthew Viriapa.